he continues to work for the sculpture department. Um, as you can imagine, working all sorts of machines and gadgetry. And meanwhile, working as a preparator for a few different galleries in Anchorage, ICG, IGCA, the Kimura at the university, and the art, which are at the university. So somehow, with all that he's um, managing, he also created this show. We're grateful. Thank you. I'd love if you would, um, you know, take 10, 15 minutes to tell us about what's going on, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of questions. Cool. All right. Um, so, uh, I mean, I, I think, you know, in, in my art statement, I talked a lot about technology, right? And uh, it's something that I've always been interested in. Um, it's something, like, appealing, I think. And, and so, you know, I think just to start with, like, as far as, like, the process goes, like, this is very much involved with using computers to kind of make things. And, you know, like, especially this, right? Like, this was all sort of, you know, using, um, you know, basically 3D software to kind of plan out something and then um, sort of creating sort of toolpaths. Um, I use, like, CNC uh, routers to actually sort of fabricate a lot of these parts. Um, but it's sort of in the service of kind of creating something that that was, you know, maybe a little bit more conceptual. Um, and sort of finding a way to also kind of express kind of this weird, um, this weird sort of confusing aspects of technology in the way that like, we tend to like visualize 3D space. Um, because they're always like metaphors, it's never perfect. Um, and that's sort of part of the inspiration behind it, uh, was sort of dealing with sort of like you're working with these like 3D modeling programs and it's so like tough to really kind of to kind of wrap your head around it like and especially because you know I have this experience teaching students a lot of this stuff too and it's like it's hard to just grapple with it and that's part of what's going on is that you know we always sort of you know experience 3D space and we have this very intuitive understanding of it but uh, you know when you're working with the software, it's very counterintuitive. And this sort of, I think, tries to express some of that um, sort of tension and difficulty in really trying to wrap your head around what space actually means. And so this sort of illusionary aspect of it, um, it was very much like a part of that, because um, it is sort of disorientating. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, was also sort of approaching it from sort of the art perspective of just thinking about sort of collapsing sculpture into a completely flat surface and like, you know, removing shadow and removing um, sort of a lot of these things we tend to think about in terms of sculpture and sort of creating this illusionistic space out of something that is sort of what it is. Like this sort of, the way I think of it, they're just like pieces of plywood but they're sort of bent in space. Um, they're not really meant to represent anything but actual just sheets of plywood. Uh, you know, there's no like sort of other significance of that. Um, yeah. 
So that's sort of what's going on over here. Um, and sort of if we turn our attention sort of over to uh, sort of these lamps over here, these are, you know, they're definitely sort of units in themselves, but sort of they are treated as a larger sort of configuration. Um, and this is sort of thinking about technology and, and you know, applying it in a little bit more of a design um, context, right? Like, you know, these are sculptural objects, but, you know, I really also, like, think that these are sort of, rather than something that just sits in a gallery, it's something that could go in somebody's home, you know, it's, it, it exists in, like, a context of somebody's personal space, right? It's something that people could live with. Um, and sort of a little bit about you know, sort of the design of it, like, this was also kind of dealing with computers and dealing with, you know, um, technology. Um, this was also sort of made in a little bit of a collaboration. We have um, sort of all these designs on the surfaces. Um, you know, it's, it's sort of a little bit of hand drawing um, and then sort of expanding it out using software and sort of building um, the process I used was based on Perlin noise. And so I sort of, which is, um, to sort of explain how it is, it's a little bit, it's sort of like one of the greatest hits, I guess, of sort of like computer graphics. Um, you know, you really like see it everywhere. Um, it's been around since the 80s. What's it called again? Perlin noise. Perlin noise. And so what basically, it's really extraordinary simple what it does is it creates these sort of really like nice organic um, sort of undulations and you can actually sort of, you know, really it's kind of expansive in a way that you can kind of tease different shapes out of it. But you see it all over in computer graphics in the sense that, you know, you can make things like, you know, 3D terrain and, and clouds and fire and all these sorts of particle effects. And you know, I think it's just like an interesting tool. And that was sort of, you know, using that um, sort of in, in a very like collaborative process. You know, I draw something and then I sort of run it through sort of my little noise algorithm and sort of see what happens. And eventually I sort of developed a vocabulary of what worked and, you know, packaged it up into something that, you know, became an object. Um, and yeah, so these are also CNC carved, and um, you see the light coming through. Um, so that's about two hundredths of an inch or so. And so these basically started out as sheets that were milled down. And, you know, it's just sort of close enough that you get sort of that, you know, um, you know, the light that's been kind of transformed, right? But then you also kind of see some of this other reflected light, some of this more direct light during the hole and stuff. And yeah, it's just sort of thinking about light and how it sort of interacts with an environment. And, you know, the surface carving also like, you know, as the day goes on, it will sort of interact with sort of sunlight and you can see more of the relief on the front. Um, and so it changes throughout the day. Um, 
And yeah, and so that's sort of the bulk of it. Um, I'm interested in how you refer to um, a collaboration, like a collaboration with technology. Yeah. So that's apparently pushing back against sort of being dictated to by technology, or like in terms of how it yeah. has. Like I think, I think part of it is sort of trying to, it's sort of in, injecting it in different parts of the process, right? Um, like in some ways they're they're larger, more sort of things with the design of it, but then also like in terms of fabrication, you know, like I don't necessarily feel like as an artist, like doing everything with my own hands is that important to me. Um, there is actually like a ton of handwork involved, even like with this, like um, I spent hours like actually with like a Japanese pole saw, like carefully cutting end grain because that was the only way I could do it. Um, and so that's why there's a few spots, you know, can't really quite line up perfectly, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's in some ways that was me sort of being on the other side of it. And, you know, I was being sort of shackled to the computer, but, you know, in other ways, the computer sort of provided these sorts of new interesting avenues that I may not have otherwise like thought about. Um, and really like, um, sort of that very like thin veneer was actually like an accident mm -hmm. um, because I, I didn't cut something through all the way and I was sort of noticing that quality of it and holding up the light oh, that's cool you know maybe I should just do more of that so that it's just one piece of plywood it's not like cut through yeah, it's and then not back it's cut assembled yeah it's all subtracted yeah wow gorgeous. how does it how does it come away from the full piece to reveal that layer? Do you, is it like, is it powder and it shakes out or is it a, a little snaky form or how does it emerge through the CNC process? Uh, I mean, it's pretty, so it's, it's a router, right? And so, um, yeah, I mean, I've got kind of a dust collection system, so. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, there's... So it's a router, just like yeah. a router that we know. Okay. Yeah, you, All right. It definitely, like, you'll see it kind of trace out the mm -hmm. patterns. And, you know, I think the first time people see those machines work, it's, it, it could be fun to watch. I, at this point, I've, you know, run them for hundreds of hours, so I'm not as excited about it anymore. But they're definitely, like, pretty interesting to see running. Um, intentionally like tracing that I think it does sort of pop up right yeah. so that's I mean that's a good intuition right that um, you know I, I think people could see in this right like a lot of different shapes a lot of natural shapes um, and honestly I probably would think more about wood than anything 
great sort of natural green character and stuff like that. Being a computer nerd, I looked at these and I thought this looks like your classic. Um, how you take something that replicates like flowing water or something and tweak it a little. And then the computer makes sure that everything follows the, the symmetry of the whole thing. They're beautiful. I mean, but they, to me, they look more like flowing things. intuitive process in a way how you're how you select and develop these designs because of course at the same time we're all aware that you can go to Home Depot and buy Pergo that has a photographic reproduction of wood and we can recognize it when it's that but we still like it for its appearance as a simulation of the thing and this reminds us of wood bark planks, grain, beetle, you know, burrow, but it's, it's also um, not just one thing, not, not um, a, a, an exact simulation. Mm -hmm. it, it has a um, creative interpretive space. Yeah, I mean, I, I always feel like ambiguity is, is interesting, um, you know, I don't always like to make things too straightforward. How did those um, holes emerge? Like, what was that behind that? Some have it and some don't have those little... Right, yeah. Uh, I, that was an opportunity to kind of get different qualities of light, I feel like, was my like first idea. It's just like, all right, um, you know, you sort of have this really nice sort of diffused light, but you know, maybe you want some like brighter surfaces and, and using that as a design element. And, um, and it does also sort of make me think of like knots in wood and, or maybe just like rocks that are sort of in a stream or something. And you know, the, the having these sort of blobs there to kind of roll around, you know, is interesting. It's wonderful to be able to go inside of the pieces too and like, yeah, just enter into the inner texture and that, as you say, that different kind of positive negative thing that emerges as the light of the day might be bright on the outside and then the light of the interior gets brighter in the evening. And Could you just briefly talk about the electricity, the sculptural element of the other? <laughs> Which is a it's visually Christmas is, tree looking. Visually, it's beautiful because electricity tends to be hidden or like taken yeah. advantage of. Here, it's reminded of. You know. Yeah, yeah. I I think it was just uh, embracing sort of the fact that you have to plug these in and you're going to have the cord. So, I mean, one approach would be to kind of carefully you know, tape out where the lights go and make everything hidden. But um, instead of that, they're like bright red and, you know, right front and center and, and they have this sort of shape to them. And they all kind of, you know, it does sort of also feel a little bit kind of like, you know, sort of 
a network node or, or something like that. Um, but sort of rather than sort of hiding something, which I think normally that might be something you do, just sort of let it be part of what's happening. Yeah, it's lovely to celebrate like red glare, you know, like the, the, the bigger kind of organism of it. It's like industrial orange. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Alive, you know, the light and then the vascular aspect of the red cord, you know, it's it's great. It's just more poetry. How big is the machine? Uh, so it's like four foot by four foot. So, you know, it could be making some larger things, you know, of these. These are definitely all sort of designed to the same kind of mold, right? Um, and sort of, you could have different variations on that. Do you work on a Mac? Uh, well, actually, some of the software that I'm using is not Mac. Mm -hmm. So, but I, like, I have a Mac. <laughs> it's just the oh. Mac where the cords, that looks like the back of all the. The yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, they have some pretty sharp design teams over there, so you might might find some interesting tricks to borrow, right? Mm -hmm. it, it just kind of also makes me think about like the future of nature, <clears throat> because nature is really a social construct in the sense of any separateness that we that we give it in relationship to anything else, because it's on one hand, right, we're in, we're living, we're, I won't keep going down that complicated little hole, but what I want to say is like, the future of nature here is suggested as a thing that's this collaboration with technology. Where, where are we going, you know, in, 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 terms, in terms of like human production? Are. And it's um, inspired by, in some sense, drawn from nature materials, but it's also interpreting them and putting something out that is kind of weirdly wonderful, right? Somewhere between weird is good. Lots of different yeah. things: trees yeah. and flank steak and electricity and Macintosh computers. <laughs> it's like AI in a weird way, you know, like when you put all these different confluences yeah. together, this being much more elegant than many of the images that we're seeing in AI, but mm. interesting. It's just interesting to think about climbing on that animal and steering it in this collaborative way. Yeah. Uh, well, 
I'm pretty satisfied. I want I want to thank um, you know Asia for bringing me down here, and uh, Bree was here, and, and she helped me out with some install stuff. And, she did. Yeah. Um, it's really this is a lovely lovely space. Um, I felt really sort of inspired by the character of it. Um, all this sort of wood and, and the timber posts and um, these sort of interesting floors. And, you know, and so I, you know, I love wood, right? And so this is sort of a nice context to kind of think about things. Um, yeah. Yeah, other than those of us, which are many, that have shown here and visited the space frequently, it was very interesting how you chose to come down and sit for a very long time and just make note of every like dimension and angle. And I was like, what's he gonna do with that? <laughs> you know. And I'm really interested in the copy of your diagram. Because oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it could be of great use to artists who are out of town, you know, and who are making things. Yeah. But um but this is such a neat response, you know, it's, it's did, did you come before you designed the installation? Right, yeah. I mean I had I had some ideas but there was definitely you know, like like this was specific to this wall. Like I it's just like the exact sort of size that it needed to be. Um, yeah, like I I mean I I, I think that um, you know, since I work in galleries, like I'm constantly thinking about sort of what works and what like doesn't work and like what what can really like elevate the space as much as like elevate the work that's there. Um, and so I you know I just try to be sensitive to that. And, um, yeah, like after doing like years and years of this, like every month, you, you kind of you learn something and, and you hopefully you get to apply it. I found it interesting when you were describing this piece on the wall that it was a, a sculpture, non-3D sculpture, 2D sculpture, yet the sh without shadows, yet one of the most dynamic things I see about it are the shadows. So I don't, I don't know in your thinking about all this, was that something you thought of or was that happenstance? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, right, there's sort of, there's since that uncanniness to it you know, that um, does happen with the shadows. You, you visually will recognize that it is floating afloat, sort of the wall plane. Um, but it is like another flat surface. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it does sort of help make it pop a little bit more. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's helpful. Yeah, and also the height of where you put 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 it on the wall and the lighting, you know, changes that yeah. a lot too. So. Yeah, I this is basically as low as I thought I could get away with before people <laughs> like were like, "What are you doing?" Um, because I know it's like I you know centered at fifty eight inches is where you're supposed to hang art, and this is just a little bit lower. Um, and part of that is to get sort of the perspective to work, because um, otherwise it just wouldn't really work as well. Um, and it also starts to feel a little bit more like sculpture that way. It's not just like a graphic element. Yeah. 
lot of relief sculpture like that? Like, were you thinking about, like, the, you know, like, Roman, uh, you know, like, just there's a lot of traditions of relief sculpture in a linear form. Were you thinking about that, or were you just, like, really focused on your, your own context? Mm. You know, probably not consciously, um, right? I mean, I think, uh, in some ways, this is sort of, you could think of it in that traditional form of you know, sort of a relief sculpture. And, uh, but it's sort of a little bit weird, right? Like it's not, not really a narrative so much. Um, kind of. The story of four squares seen through every different angle in a way. Yeah, I mean, it's, Right, like there's three different kind of configurations, but due to their placement, they all like the relationships change and also their, um, you know, how they overlap also, it's very different. So even though there are like repeated shapes, they're not repeated. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some of them were like a real pain to deal with, like the one on the car and over there was just like, twice as complicated as everything else just because there's so much overlap. Well, thank you, Hans. Thanks. Before we um, talk amongst ourselves, I just wanted to mention that um, Starting tomorrow for um, several days, eight days, Alison Akchukwarden, a Nupiak um, poet, performance artist, um, also known as Akumatu, a rapper, and now a playwright, will be here working on a new play. She'll have a reading next Saturday at 5.30. That's free. And one of the things she'll present is an incredible new piece um, that's a really um, humorous and serious commentary on land acknowledgement called We Acknowledge Ourselves. And it takes place in the context of like a bingo hall up in Kaktovik. So I really recommend that. Very special opportunity that's supported by a national performance network. And then on November 18th, pianist Mayumi um, Teyaki joins Manfred Funk, uh, cellist and violinist Daniel Perry for a show at seven. That's part of the Banal Arts by Air series. Um, also broadcast on air for free with um, support um, from Homer Foundation. We've been fortunate to have their support for a couple years and um, we're hopeful that the program can continue. Um, if you're interested in helping that to happen, just let me know. But um, that always, and in the context of the gallery, is a very special experience. Imagine being here with the intimate audience, hearing that kind of music. It's, that's lovely. So that's November 18th, a Friday night. Good thing. Where will the piano go? I think the piano is going to go like where Kelsey is, or maybe Carol and Don, because then we don't have to change any of that. And the back row can be here. And so, yeah, it's amazing. There's always. Artists help us to see and utilize the space differently. Thank you. <laughs>